0: K.O. here. Welcome to Turmeric & Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution. Today, I am excited to welcome Andrew Cap to the podcast. Andrew is the best-selling author of the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. This is amazing because you know I'm here for all the uh, awareness, manifestation, all the mental power tools that you can pack into your life, I, I think are a very incredible advantage and something we need right now. Uh, Andrew has one goal above all else through his various projects, and that is genuine and sustainable impact. He often focuses on topics that may that many find overwhelming, and then he condenses them into actionable and more consumable content. So this is the great thing if you want to streamline your learnings around the law of attraction and what you can do to manifest for the things you want. He puts it out into universe that he is, has the goal of a million books sold and a million subscribers on YouTube, so it's, it's in universe now. If you're looking to pivot, you need the mental power tools. Listen to this one, check out Andrew's book, and we'll see you on something digital soon. Cheers. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you get the freshest 411 on Turmeric and Tequila.
1: Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time.
0: Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I am excited today. We are at another Podmax Live. I think this is my fifth one. Uh, as you know, it's a, it's an incredible group of our city humans. The founders are doing a phenomenal job of attracting these amazing individuals. And speaking of, today I'm welco- welcoming Andrew Cap. Uh, he is the he's a best-selling author and entrepreneur, uh, amongst many things. I loved in his bio it highlighted immediately genuine and sustainable impact. So we're going to unpack all of this. um, But on the note of attraction, he is the author of the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. So we're going to be doing a lot around uh, the law of attraction, manifesting. We're going to put a few things into universe, I think. But without further ado, Andrew, welcome to Tumerc and Tequila.
1: Kristen, thanks so much for having me. I am beyond pumped. Be here, and I'm so excited. Knowing what I know about you already, where this conversation <laughs> might go.
0: Yes, I know and it's early in the morning. Where are you located right now?
1: I'm in New York, so it's uh, 10 a.m. by me right now.
0: Oh, okay. Are you in the city?
1: Not, not right in. I'm. I'm basically I go between Astoria and Westchester right now, so I'm on the outskirts. But um, awesome. I've seen plenty of Manhattan over the years, so uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a crazy year. But but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close to it if I need to get in there
0: awesome yes I always say to my New Yorkers I have a very special place in my heart I'm a Colorado kid through and through but something about New York I just absolutely love the city in particular um, but yeah you gotta you got to be in there and pack a helmet while you're in there because New York will rough you up in all the best ways oh yeah
1: it's keeping keeping us on our toes this year I'll tell you that <laughs> yes
0: yes I love it um, all right well so before we get into the law of attraction and, and all this because I have a million questions there tell us about young Andrew you know some of the journey give us how we the 411 on how we got you know know, to hear.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's so funny, young Andrew kind of like goes straight into law of attraction, because, you know, I've been, I've been an entrepreneur for like 20 years. And I think for all the entrepreneurs out there, or all like the salespeople out there, or all the people that have ever had to Uh, kill their own dinner, so to speak. Uh, A lot of times you will find yourself levitating towards like, where? how can I be successful? And a lot of that goes into mindset. And before you know it, you're going into different modalities, whether it's law of attraction, or whether it's just any kind of positive mental attitude or anything like that. So it was kind of through my entrepreneurial journey in the beginning, that I kept myself open to, you know, positive outlooks and found my way into that. And we might be skipping ahead here. But basically, for me, this was a thing where um, I'd always, you know, you know, you learn about law of attraction, you learn about anything and you try it and sometimes you succeed and sometimes you fail. And um, we can go into why that's the case. But for me, like young Andrew became old Andrew or became seasoned Andrew in the sense that, you know, about 12 years ago, I, I lost my business and my girlfriend all in the span of one week uh, neither of which were my decision. Um, and she broke up over text. So it wasn't even like, Hey, I'm going to see you in person or even give you a call. It was over text, which Uh by the way was because I was pouring so much energy into trying to keep the business afloat. So it was my fault. But, um, long story short, like, you know, here I am, like, I feel like 90% of my life is gone. And, um, at that point, because I knew the law of attraction, I'm like, listen, I don't care what happens, why it happens, when it happens or anything, I'm just going full tilt and committing. And I'm not committing in that I'm going to do this all day. I'm committing in that I'm going to do law of attraction techniques that I've tried in the past, have kind of worked when I stuck with them for just five or 10 minutes a day. And, you know, two weeks later, I felt better, which says a lot after heartbreak. Uh, three months later, I'm in a healthier, way better relationship. Four months later, I'm making more money than at any point in my life before that. And six months later, my life is completely different. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm waking up just happy and fulfilled every single day. And I learned that lesson pretty quick where regardless of whether you believe in law of attraction or not, this was working and I was never letting go of this routine again. And I probably skipped past 20 of your questions there, but that's pretty much how young Andrew became old Andrew.
0: I love it. I d- never worry about it. the questions. will Always come. We're a question machine over here. So you just follow your heart whenever answering. Um, I, I really I talk a lot about young people because I'm I'm super passionate. And one of the reasons I established Tumor and Tequila the podcast was because I really wanted to start to bring the truth in these you know conversations to our our young humans that we're good about finding transparency in business and in life and sports, what have you, um, and highlighting individuals like yourself that were questioning a better way. My question initially right now is. Uh, you know, as young Andrew, what was that point when you were starting to discuss mindset or how were you exposed to those conversations? Because, you know, many of us, mindset, um, energies, those things aren't, I mean, at least not for me, that's not something I grew up with and it was something I kind of had to seek out. So if our young humans are exposed to it early on, to me, that's super impressive. So how, how and at what point were you exposed to those conversations around mindset or mindfulness?
1: You know, it's kind of funny. You look, I think anybody can look back on their life on one or two decisions that they've made or one or two things that they did that literally unfold into a million other different things. So I actually, you know, I'm going to date myself in this answer, but um, I'm I'm a fan of the band Live. And back in like 95, they had this huge fit and everything. And
0: yeah. Wait, when did you graduate high school, I got to ask?
1: 96.
0: Okay, I graduated in 99. So we're, we're in cool. the same realm here because I know Live right the- for sure.
1: Yeah, we're, we're in the same world there. So, and um, we're going to get to, because like I was on AOL, that's part of the story to date <laughs> myself here. Um, but yeah, I was I was a fan of live. And because, you know, like anything, you get into a band. And you get into like whatever you like. You go full tilt. The internet was new, and I found this website with this webmaster who was into live, and we just became friends. It was that thing where, like today, it's not awkward to make a friend online, but back then it was like weird. Is this like a psycho stalker killer? Like what's <laughs> happening here? Um, so I, I had this friend Chris, who was just this awesome dude with a huge heart, and. We kept in touch and we did like the hell is Instant messenger thing, the way people message on Facebook now. Yes. And I remember one day pretty early on in my business, my first business venture, uh, we were just talking about it. And I was just telling him about like everything that was wrong, like everything just it sucked. And he's like, he stops like, dude, I want you to stop right now. And I want you to scroll up and I want you to read everything you've been typing out to me. And it's like, you're, you know, and let me know if my, my language gets too bad. He's like, you're, you're bitching and you're moaning and you're complaining. And basically, you're creating this for yourself. Look at what you're like, what you're throwing into your space. And he recommended a book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Chad Helmstetter and which is a really cool book which basically explains like the human mind and and how it's like it's the most the subconscious mind is the most powerful supercomputer in the world and you are literally programming it with everything you say everything you do and literally like the book kind of explained to me how as i was typing that out to chris i was basically programming my reticular activating system if we want to go down that rabbit hole to like always look for the negative rather than looking for the positive so my introduction to positive outlook was basically me complaining about my business to a dude who I just happened to meet because I was a fan of a specific band and the internet was blown up at that time.
0: I love it. That's um, <clears throat> and this will kind of lead to the next question. I think that's amazing, and we can even go down the rabbit hole of uh, the power of music, and it, uh, you know, it's a universal language, and how having you know this initial common uh, denominator with anyone anywhere can open up you know to further more impactful conversations uh, around anything. So that's really cool that you found someone, and shout out to AOL Instant <laughs> Messenger. Remember Seriously. those? The away messages were a big deal. Um, But that's a powerful point of what I would say, like universe looking out. And anytime I'm big into like energy and I've leaned more into formal religion and we didn't grow up like that in my family, sports and athletics were kind of like our Sundays and our religious pursuits. Uh, But now that, you know, I have this podcast, I try and vary, you know, my exposure to as many things as possible so I can come equipped for whatever guest comes on. Uh, But the formal religion doesn't speak to me as much as like the spirituality and energy and everything else and there's a couple sides to uh energy and spirituality there's like the woo side where you just believe and you know there's stuff out there and then there's the physics side where you know energy can't be created or destroyed and it's more scientific and i find most of the dudes in my world lean more towards the science side and then the women are more okay with like the woo and the energy and and kind of just believing uh with you know proof and, and things that have happened to their own, their own world. What side was it for you that was initially um, made like an initial understanding? Was it like the science around energy or was it more just affirmations and believing and then you just started to see and believe things around you that are coming true and that you actually do have some power around it?
1: For me, it's it started with the believing part. So, um, like that, that piece where just like it works and I kind of just bought into it. And then kind of like what we all tend to do is then there was like a curiosity of why. And by the way, that curiosity, it was out of insecurity. It was in like, now that I've seen kind of works, how do I kind of hitch onto this and make sure I know the secret formula so that it never goes away? So me looking into like the quantum physics piece, was a result of first trying the believing part and having it to begin to work. That's kind of been like my path, which by the way, I'd, I'd find, and I'll, I'll throw a quick thing out there because I know we're just, we're vibing here. I'm um, a great example because I know there are people that are on two sides of the equation. You know, is it belief, is it, is it tangible, what's going on? And I always love to use a, a physical example like working out and growing muscles. And you know, you say someone, and this by the way is obviously oversimplified, but you tell someone, hey, if you lift weights, you're gonna get muscles. And I wanna give you, uh, Kristen, two possible examples or two possible explanations of why that happens. Explanation number one is you lift weights and when you go to sleep the muscle fairy comes at night and gives you
0: muscles.
1: (laughs) Second explanation is when you're lifting weights you're putting so much stress on your body that the muscles are literally tearing and then what your body is gonna do is it's gonna heal itself in response by filling those tears in with more muscle fibers. Now that explanation obviously also oversimplified, it's more scientific and I'm sure people would lean towards that being the reason. But my answer of to which one of these is the true explanation is that it doesn't matter. What matters is you lift weights, you get muscles. You put an X, you get Y. And by that same token, you do law of attraction methods, whether you believe in them or not, for five minutes a day, you see results in your life. So it doesn't even matter if you believe in the law of attraction or if it's legit or if it's true the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in getting those muscles, regardless of whether it's the fairy or your muscle filling in with fibers.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well said. I think that's really a phenomenal example and super digestible for anyone, you know, that's super privy to this conversation or perhaps brand new. Because I think the law of attraction is massive. You know, I think the movie came out, what, 15 years ago? Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, 14 or 15. I think it's 2006 that landed.
0: Okay, you know, so a while ago, so, so it's been around the block and it's kind of resurfacing, which I think is really cool. And now in 2020, it's more important than ever that we really take this personal respons- responsibility, uh, really get a grip on our lives because now more than ever, we really see we are in charge and don't put your faith into uh, people figuring it out for you because look where we're at. And it's really deeply important that we have a grip on what works for us and we're intentional about what we want our future to look for. Um, as you okay so once you went from you know kind of this deep conversation via AOL and you read the book what was like the next initial step um for you leaning more into this being like a full-time thing and then writing your book and creating the life that you're living right now
1: yeah well it was weird like those those years when like because my my friend first told me about that it was probably 2003 and, you know, by the time The Secret came out in 2006, I was already kind of like aware of the law of attraction for about a year. And again, I was in that mode of kind of trying it, but kind of not trying it, which, which again, we can go into, this is actually the big reason, which would... We- I'll discuss like why people doesn't work for people. But for me, it's a thing where like 2008, where like everything hit the fan, I was telling you about before. And then I saw that it worked, but I was never really um, inspired to write a book about it. It was more like a thing where, okay, this works for me. Let me just like live my life. And in the past 12 years, I've had those periods where I did it and it absolutely worked. And then I stopped and it didn't. And I finally got to a point where I, I hope that, I was like, let me make a difference because like in my business, I was doing a book on sales and marketing and it just, even though I I like to think I know what I'm doing, it was boring to me. It's like, Mm -hmm. listen, if if I'm going to keep doing this and keep having this conversation and I'm bored, I am not serving my customers. So what topic am I actually into? Can I have a conversation about that? Can I have fun with where when they email me, I'm going to be able to email them back and with enthusiasm and, and, and I can actually help them and I can actually contribute and I can actually make an impact. And for me, it's like, could I actually articulate the message that I got, articulate the lesson of how to finally stop procrastinating and apply this? Because, you know, the you know the title of the book, the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. People might still read books, but they'll never need another one because it will help explain to them why they've been procrastinating just so they can give themselves enough of wiggle room, enough of permission to try methods out for themselves and then learn experientially that it works for them. So for me, it was a thing where just for years, it was just trial and error. And I didn't even realize I was kind of processing this stuff that I could then articulate in a certain way for people. And I was just inspired to write the book like last year. I wrote it in nine and a half weeks. So oh, wow. it wasn't like this long intentional thing. At one point, like I just, you know, we all get our nudges. I'm sure anyone that ascribes to love attraction, like you get that nudge from your gut and you just, universe loves speed. I'm like all right i'm doing this like if i feel inspired let me just like knock this bad boy out and go for it
0: yeah I, I i love that it's i think the hard part particularly for what i call my varsity humans the ones that you know they want to live a better way they're questioning a better way they're doing things the hard way they're entrepreneurs teachers educators leaders We are the ones that kind of have to run through the wall again and again, and it it takes a period of learning how to listen, uh, not only to universe, but to your gut. And like you said, your nudges, sometimes that's really, really hard. Like you think you train harder, you do more school, you do this, but really like those answers are within and it's a skill set in itself to just be able to like pause and think about what do I really want? What do I really need to be doing? What is calling? What opportunities are here that I'm not seeing? Um, was there, you know, you knew these things and you started to write the book. Uh, without this breakdown and breakthrough, do you think that this would all be possible? Or was that a major clarity point of, okay, time out, we need to fix something here?
1: I mean, that... Well, that week where everything like kind of, you know, <laughs> fell apart. Yeah, I, It's not something that I, I would wish on myself or anyone, but I'll take it. You know, in other words, sure. like whatever it takes to get you to a point where you're just going to be indignant and stubborn. And and you used, you used the term personal responsibility a couple minutes ago, which I love, where you basically saying, listen, No one's gonna do this but me. And, you know, it can be argued whether I signed up for this life or not. I mean, that's a whole different philosophical thing. But the point is whether I signed up for or not, I am here and I might as well make the best of it. And the only way I can make the best of it is to take personal responsibility and dive in. And really just to quickly switch gears because you know you're talking about how people struggle. And, you know, I think there's a certain thing where there's like a lot of doubts that come in where people won't listen to their gut. And my explanation that I give in the book is there's actually there's three minds. There's the conscious and the subconscious and the ego. And obviously I'm using these terms in a way a medical uh, professional won't use, and everyone's aware of like the conscious and the subconscious, but the ego is kind of there in the middle. And the thing about it is the ego is stronger than the conscious mind, but the subconscious is stronger than the ego. And when I use the term ego, and this is really important, this by the way is why people procrastinate, this is why they doubt themselves, this is why they come up with excuses as to why they can't spend five minutes a day visualizing something that's gonna put a smile on their face. The ego has one job in this world, and that's keeping you alive. And the ego knows only one thing right now in this moment, you are alive. Which means, since it doesn't care about your satisfaction, it doesn't care about your fulfillment, it doesn't care about your happiness, it doesn't care about your comfort, it cares about your safety or its perceived visualization of your safety. Meaning, how does the ego know that when you become that movie star that you wanna be, you're not gonna have stalkers that threaten your life? How does the ego know that when you get that lottery win, you're not going to have family coming out of the woodwork trying to get your money. In other words, the ego doesn't want you to change your life because it knows you're alive right now. And it's scared that any kind of change that it cannot predict that it cannot calculate is going to threaten that for you. It's threaten that status, which is why I will always preach about, you know, law of attraction methods, which can be gratitude exercises or scripting or visualization that acts as a subconscious mind that will then overtake the ego. It doesn't care just the way their ego can, you know, make a mess of your conscious mind, the subconscious can come in and just push it aside. Like, listen, now that these methods or these visualizations have kind of made it and programmed me that I'm going for this goal, I don't care about your ego. We are just doing this. And then all of a sudden that's driving the wheel, that's driving the car and boom, things start to unfold and you can't even explain it. You're like, how is this possible? This is is impossible. And that's the ego. And the subconscious is like, yeah, it's interesting, but I don't care (laughs) if it's impossible. We're still doing this.
0: Uh, shout out to subconscious. I, I oh, yeah, think man. it's funny uh, that was a, that was phenomenally explained uh, to me. It's almost like rock paper scissors, or like one trumps the other uh, continuously, and you kind of just have to know which one you're playing. But again, this is like an almost an advanced. Uh, mindful skill set of being aware of what's going on in your own mind and that really a major piece of your world, your brain, your inner thinking, that ego is operating out of fear. Yes. And justifiably so because it, it, again, safety is the bottom line. Uh, however, you have to have this conscious awareness of, okay, thank you, ego. And <laughs> we do want to get to the next level. Subconscious, where are you at? Let's lean in. Let's have let's have some thoughts together and overtake ego here. Yeah. Um, I think that's re- really, really great. And I, I, this is something uh, I think that should be taught and discussed to our, our young humans out there, you know, even in uh, kindergarten, talking about meditation and mindfulness on a very, you know, simple level, but it's it's a major piece as we move forward as a society to harness that energy. And just like you said, the personal responsibility, um, what you noted initially around uh, what I would really call victim mentality, like the world's not happening to me, I mean, there's been some really awful things, especially in 2020. And and I know a lot of people that have um, overcome things, you know, far greater than anything I've ever done, like some really deep, deep tragedies. And they can still wake up in the morning and find purpose in their life and and find um, their angle in this world to be a a meaningful contributing factor. Mm. Um, But that's hard. That's a hard, hard skill set. After you, um, you know, okay, so we got... AOL conversation, breakdown, breakthrough, we're exposed to the secret, we start writing our own book. Um, in the process of writing the book, how healing was that for you in your own world? And is this something you go back to and reference time and time again, just to keep your own self dialed and knowing it's like a constant evolution?
1: Right. So the weird thing about the book, it it wasn't so much of a, of a healing experience as just kind of like an expression of something that I'd already like resolved for myself. And it was more like this, basically this exercise and joy of like, wow, this is so cool. It's like, I, I spent about a month just like taking like random notes and then really just those nine and a half weeks, just like structuring it and refining it so that someone else's brain can easily hear it. Um, and for me, it was kind of like one of those things where, um, the the piece of it is, and I it's so funny. As I was answering, like, as I was answering your question, I forgot the second part of your question. This is so. Oh wow, my brain just like switched off there. But yeah, it was healing. What was the second part of the question
0: there? Um, do you often go back and reference the book? Thank you. And lean back <laughs> into it. It's okay. I, I give really long questions. No, I, no, that I'm was on I'm me. Tracking, but <laughs> no,
1: no, that, that was that was trust me. That that one's on me. This happens to my brain, by the way. This is how I write a book in nine and a half weeks. Like I just like boom, go through it. So yeah, to answer that other question, more importantly, yeah, you know what? That was also another thing. I wrote this book for me in a way also as this resource guide because I basically, I have also like a 90-day program where like sometimes I put myself through the 90-day program because that to me is the way that I can guarantee that I make the best product possible because for me, the book was something that I like, I wish I could have given this book to myself 15 years ago. So absolutely, I write this as something and I don't see myself as like this huge world expert that's above this now. No, no, no. This is something where whether it's my book or someone else's book or someone else's video, it's really important to remind myself and to keep myself in that, that frame of mind. So, yeah, absolutely. I do use this as a resource guide and every so often I'll, I'll just open a chapter and I'll, I'll go through my own. Like I know my methods back and backwards and forwards, but I will read the chapter before the method because it just reinforces for me and gets me like in the flow and in the mood to do the method.
0: I love it. And I, I think that's the most important thing about, again, like our varsity humans, our leaders that they acknowledge being a continuous student and kind of revisiting and that constant involvement. I think back in the day, you know, the old school leaders, like that idea of leadership was kind of like, I learned it, I got it, I'm an expert, we're good. And that's it. And nowadays, you know, when things are moving so fast, the consumer, our young people, everyone's so savvy to what's going on. Everything's accessible on the internet. Like it's, it's this constant point of rechecking in and then continuing to evolve and um, become better. Cause I mean, you step aside and get complacent for one second and you will be uh, passed over.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a weird balance, by the way, just like being Confident and not cocky, being like I've got this and I feel peace with where I'm at, but also being willing to revisit topics or remind yourself or just be humble about the whole thing. Because sometimes you'll do a method and it'll blow up and be like, "This is amazing," and then the next day you just won't get that same feeling and you'll judge yourself. It's like, listen, Um, it's only because it felt so amazing yesterday that you overhyped without realizing it. Just come every day humbly and and take whatever enjoyment you can out of every day that you're doing a visualization or a gratitude exercise or whatever.
0: Yeah. I, and, and that the grace piece is a huge part of it where you can pull back and say, okay, you're doing a good job and it's going to be okay. doesn't, we don't have to solve everything in one day or one exercise or uh, even in a month. Like sometimes things just take time. And I mm-hmm. like that you say balance because I do think, you know, again, a lot of, people, my varsity humans, train more, do more, read more. Let's figure it out right now. Da, da, da. And sometimes it is, I think you can show up and do all the right things. And universe has its timing. Like things do happen on time. So it, this has been a struggle and a balance for me of, okay, I'm here. I'm, I'm doing all these things. Like, where is it? What's going on? And then, you know, something does happen. And I'm like, gosh, thank God that happened when it didn't, it wasn't any earlier because I wasn't ready for it. And even though I thought I was, I wasn't. So it's just, it's been this really hard balance of, Show up, do your thing, be prepared and know that things do happen on time. Um, Has that ever been a frustration for you or, you know, you do have all these skill sets, these tools, you're clear, you know, you're doing your visualization, um, you're working to attract these things and it hasn't come, but then you do wait and, and it does happen on time. Has that been a balanced struggle for you at all?
1: Well, I mean, it was it was a huge thing like years back when I was in that whole inconsistent mode of trying it and stopping it because again, the ego, which by the way, the ego is not your enemy. It's doing this cause it loves you. So it's a misguided attempt. So people shouldn't be hating on their ego. But um, yeah, for me, for the longest time, there was a thing where there was a lot of impatience. And I basically got to the point where like my, because I focused on gratitude every single day, even though I didn't have that specific car, I was just happy you know i was like listen everything's cool and then the car did come but it came like a year later and it was the it was the model that i really wanted it was like basically it was like one of those things where um i did fortunately go through the experience of being impatient but then getting a little bit more zen and then things just unfolding and it might be a day later it might be a year later it doesn't matter like what matters is there is going to be a period of gestation based on your own thought patterns you've got to enjoy your life in the meantime. You've got to feel gratitude in the meantime, because if you don't, those frustrations are basically just gonna overtake you and they're gonna keep what you want away even longer. And you can literally go decades, decades, without getting what you want, because all you're doing is focusing on what you don't have rather than what you do, as cliched as that really sounds.
0: I think that's huge because we do, I think it, particularly in American culture, we get really obsessed with deadlines and goals. And it's like, here's what it is. Here's what success is. And then you wake up and you're like, oh my God, 10 years went by. What am I doing? What I Like you'd said about your relationship, you're like, you know, breaking over text is, is not cool. I don't know how long the mm-hmm. relationship was. But that's it was never. years. How many <laughs> three years? years? Three years.
1: Three years. Oh,
0: that's like two Hollywood marriages. So that's that's yeah. way too long. It's, it's we gotta communicate on a more on a different level than that. But I think it's it's phenomenal for you to acknowledge saying you know listen I was part of the problem not you know providing time and energy to what I viewed as something you know very important in this relationship and then it inevitably didn't work out and again I do think things happen for a reason. Uh, but the acknowledgement piece is huge in that. So when you go to the next situation, you have balanced time and energy, knowing that goals are important. However, life is passing you by every single day. Um, so it's that balance of being present and, and, and being aware of what's going on and being focused on goals. Um, and I'm still very much a student of that entire game. So yeah. we're learning. Let's just oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, i was just saying it's, it's basically just about not beating yourself up because yeah. I think people don't even realize they're judging themselves when this is happening. When the thing doesn't come fast enough, the job doesn't come fast enough, they're judging themselves. Whereas if they didn't worry about that job, a way better, higher paying one was around the corner two months later. And the two months wait is worth it for that higher salary and that more successful, more fulfilling environment.
0: Yes. I think nothing's worse than being in that wrong situation, whether it's a professional situation, a relationship, what have you. And sometimes you don't know it's wrong until (laughs) that breakdown breakthrough happens and then you get to the next one. So that's, Mm. it's, it's. I don't know, it's a constant journey, but once it happens, once it's that, for me at least, it's always been in the back of my mind, like, mm, let's not force it, let's not rush it. We remember when it wasn't off and then the right thing did come, so let's just cling to that process.
1: Indeed.
0: Um, but it's, it, it. like I said, constant learning. So let's unpack a, a little bit about the book. I love getting to know the human behind the project, the work, the company, what have you, and hearing the journey, hearing the why, hearing the ethos of, of, of what it is. So now let's unpack the book a little bit. Um, Tell us, you know, I think a lot of people know what law of attraction is, but can you give us like a brief overview, and then maybe some pieces of the book you want to highlight? So if there's somebody out there thinking like, I think this is cool, I don't know if I really get it, but why why should I get this book?
1: For sure. Well, yeah, it's first of all, it's so funny because I on my YouTube channel, I I did this. I rose to the challenge of explaining the law of attraction in one minute because I looked and there was no one else had done it. They'd done the law of attraction swing in three minutes or in ten minutes. I did it in one minute, so let's see if okay. I can like live up to my hype here. But uh, basically, like you know, the law of attraction is basically based on the understanding that like everything is energy. We're all vibrating at a certain rate, even if we don't realize it, we seem like completely physical. And, you know, because we vibrate in a certain way, like, like attracts, like thought frequencies attract thought frequencies, which is really just a fancy way of saying like, what you focus on will come into your life. You know, you're focusing on that job. And if you're focusing on the job in the sense, like I really want it and I'm going to get it then you're sending out the pattern of it coming back to you. If you're focusing on it as like, I'm not gonna get this, I'm frustrated I don't have it, which is really just vibrating at the lack of the job, you're perpetuating the frequency of the lack of the job. So it really comes down to feeling good about what you're thinking about, which is saying you're confident that you're gonna have it or that you do have it, versus feeling bad, which is really just reiterating that you're not getting it and you're gonna keep it away from yourself. Uh, The whole thing about the book is like any, And you can see by the example that I gave you about the ego from the book, any any law of attraction book worth its salt is going to explain the law of attraction. And hopefully I've reframed mine in a way that it just, it clicks a little better, but also any law of attraction book worth its salt is going to have methods, which again, I put methods in the book that are fun enough for people to enjoy. The way that I want to set mine apart from the others, otherwise why write the book to begin with, was again, to explain why people don't really stick with this, you know, these methods to begin with, so that they can then see like what's been happening, and then make an independent choice to just do something for 10 days or 30 days or whatever. And again, get that result experientially, because my book isn't really going to teach you so much as it's going to nudge you to do it for yourself. And the life experience of you seeing a difference, even if it's just an improvement in your mood, that's going to be your teacher. So that's really what I want to do with the book. And um, like you mentioned, like, you know, talking about the book, I mean, I'm happy to share one of my favorite techniques from it, which again, anyone can apply regardless of whether they believe in the law of attraction or not. And um, I call this one the time lapse, and it's a gratitude exercise. And what you're basically going to do is you're gonna write a list of 15 things that you're grateful for. Five of them are things from your past, five of them are things that you have in the present, and five of them are things that you want in the future. The trick to all this is you're gonna write all of them in the present tense, as if you have it now, and then you're going to jumble up the list, and you're going to read it in a jumbled order. Meaning, the first thing on your list might be a future thing, then a past, then a present, then another present, then another past, and a future, and a future. And because it's all jumbled up, basically, we basically we've created a situation where two thirds of this experience that you're having is carrying a certainty and confidence of things that have really happened in your life, and we don't know how to downshift very quickly. Meaning. You're tricking your vibration, or if you don't believe in law of attraction, you're tricking your subconscious mind into carrying that same certainty when you're reading the future thing because it's jumbled up within all those past things. So just by having this list of 15 things, you read one off at a time, you take 20 to 60 seconds, just feel gratitude for it and pick things that are really awesome because then you, you feel really good. It's just, you're, again, you're tricking yourself into carrying through. And if you do it this way and it only takes a couple of minutes, you're going to feel wonderful. And that was that method in particular that I use that I attribute to me getting to that point between zero and four months where I was making way more money. I was using that method specifically that I believe attracted a lot of those money making situations for me.
0: That, that's amazing. I, so, I mean, just so I'm clear, because I'll, I'll literally do this um, Well, today we're done with PodMax, uh, but you just write down the 15 things and like rip it up in a piece of paper and like put them all together?
1: Yeah, Whether well, if you're if you're writing it down, like, th- so there's a couple ways. And by the way, thank you for asking this because the real key lesson is you do it the way that works for you. So you could write it up and rip them out and, and jumble up. You could write them down and have a list and then just choose three order and writing down, or you can type them out, like, and then mix them up on the list. Whatever it takes to just get it out in your brain, five past, five present, five future, and then whatever it takes to jumble it up so that they really are all mixed in together. And the like what we don't want is we don't want the future on the end because we don't want you feeling good for the first two thirds and then doubts in there. We wanna sneak the future in the middle of all of it because you're feeling good about all those other things and you just can't downshift and it just like skips over. And again, literally like however you've ordered your list, whether you were tearing it up or writing it down or typing it out, you read one out, you know, in your head, out loud, whatever works for you. I'm so happy and grateful for the apartment. I'm so happy and grateful for the promotion. I'm so happy and grateful for finding the person my dreams. You know, it's by the way. I don't know if those are past, present, or future because in the wording, it's all present tense. Yeah. And you take sixty seconds or even twenty seconds out and feel good. And it's just you're putting yourself through these few minutes where life is just good, and you're 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 not focusing on things that are wrong. You're focusing on things that are right. And it's so hard to argue, so hard for your ego to sneak in there when two thirds of that really is true and you've experienced in your own life and you can't deny it, you can't doubt it.
0: Uh, that's amazing. And uh, I like, you know, that, again, I think people get into this to like, I'm going to manifest or attract the promotion or, you know, the soulmate or what have you. And then the conversation that's a little bit overlooked is the health implications. You know, we're kind of in, we are in a healthy society, whether it's nutrition, energy, smog, environmental, whatever, like there's a multitude of Uh, negatives as far as our health that are happening in our world right now. And the one piece we can control is our internal mental health, which is also a huge conversation. Uh, I don't think it's super privy of a conversation in America in particular, to talk about mental health uh, as far as a piece of that we can have control and how visualization, um, being still and just mindfulness and and gratitude can have literal physical positive impacts on our brains, our mood, Um, then in turn, how we emote our energy and and work with people around us, our family members, our spouses or significant others or whatever. Um, These are all big, major vibrational changes that can have major impact. Did you notice a major health shift once you kind of had a let's say a grip on you know your mental well-being, gratitude, and shifting your mindset?
1: I I did. Well, it was very interesting. Well, when I went through that that period of you know two to six months where everything was getting better, and I said I got in best shape in my life, I actually I lost twenty five pounds in a seven week period without even trying. I mean, I was working out with Sensei, but it was just to feel better about myself. It wasn't like I had to lose weight. So. Um, one, physically, I was better, but also, yes, mentally, and and the thing about, it wasn't even a thing where I, I noticed it so obviously, it was more that I, I, I woke up one day, and I just felt more ease throughout the day, I was more zen, I was more relaxed, and less of a rush for things to work in my life already, like, I was I was finally stopping the, the unending track playing my head of, when's it gonna come, when's it gonna come, when's it gonna come, I was more just like, chill, I was like, everything's good now everything's cool and the thing about like you brought up a really great point about you know the physiological and mental health um, you know benefits of gratitude people don't realize they've done research on this when you feel gratitude and you put yourself through that process again, just five minutes a day you sleep better you have increased self-esteem you lower your anxiety like all these things related to mental health gratitude is like this secret ninja trick hack that no one really ever looks at. Even like law of attraction is just like a buzzword. Law of attraction, like in that space, gratitude's like this buzzword of like, just feel grateful, everything will work out. And they're kind of right, but they're not really getting to the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is it really solves so many things in your physical and your mental experience that you can't really just put a name to. And you're not going to find out unless you actually put yourself through it for just five minutes a day. So thank you for bringing it up because it really has helped me. I know it's a long answer, but it's been a huge benefit to me and it will be a huge benefit to anyone that does try gratitude exercises. It'll blow their minds and they won't even realize it till they're on the other side.
0: Oh, it's huge. And, and that's a whole podcast in itself. Um, that was really well said there and always take your time with long answers. Cause I have long questions. So equal, equal space here. Um, but I think it's really important. And, and, you know, then you can even go down the route of like health insurance and how it's getting crazy. Like you, we can avoid all these things, but really in line is live happier. Like time's going by. So regardless of you can pay health bills or make a million dollars, we've got to enjoy so much of the in-between and just like you said, just be chill during the day and, and what's going on around us. And And I think that's how we can be really impactful to society not to sound too cliche because if, if each person can show up in good calm gracious humble you know aware space that's one less thing the world has to you know kind of solve we have another a multitude of issues that are, are big out there that if we can each kind of handle our own personal space that will make everything a thousand times better uh down the road as a collective whole uh we got about 10 minutes can you hit us with um you know, a really good example. I love that you just broke down the, the initial uh, gratitude exercise. Um, but can you give us an example outside of, you know, manifesting or attracting the book, uh, some of the relationship, but something you really had a hard time believing that you could do it, but it was a goal, you know, something that you manifested that's like a really good example of like, I was a million miles away from this, but this is what I wanted and this is what I did on the daily to get it?
1: Um, yeah. Well, wow. It's so funny, my, my brain exploded with, with a couple examples. Believe it or not, one of them is something where I was using the law of attraction without even realizing it retroactively. Okay. And um, so basically, it, it's, it almost sounds silly to say, but for me, it was a big deal. Um, again, dating myself, before WWE, there was WWF. And when I was a kid, I was a huge fan. And when I was in college, I was doing business management and I wanted to do like do an internship with them and I wanted to like get there. And because I'm in New York and they're in Connecticut, it was like technically possible. But I had this thing of like, I remember for the first couple of years of college, I'm like, this is impossible. Like, there's no way this is going to work. Um, but for some reason, I was inspired like before my senior year to like reach out to them and try something. And it was basically like this thing where something clicked in my head that it was just going to work. And I just carried my way through. And, you know, I called them up. And they answered the phone. And I just like, as a college kid, I like basically talked them into reading my resume and they're like, yes, shoot it over. And they they reached out to me like a week later. And like, I remember the interview process where they kept having all these other people like smiling and getting excited about me and like really enthusiastic to hire me. And by the way, I didn't think I was gonna get paid. I was gonna do it for free. And they're like, they hired me like, listen, we're gonna pay you by the way. And for me, I found out later, I was competing with like close to a thousand other people for this job. And I think it's really the reason I want to give you that example, Kristen, is because a lot of times people don't even realize that there are these like quote unquote odds against them that you don't even need to see and that you can completely bypass when you're just in that moment of ease and because you're asking like what I did to get it i like, I basically just carried through on this confidence of like it's going to be okay, and I let the next step unfold in front of me. It really was that simple, it really was that easy. And um, it was an, my most exciting job ever next to what I'm doing now. Um, <laughs> really, you know, it's a fun job when you're hanging out in, with Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in the elevator going up to the fourth floor while they're on the way to the Vincent Command's office. So yes. good, good times. And like, I never thought it was possible, but then it just like worked out for me.
0: That, well, I think that's amazing. You know, it's so funny because I think adult, adult adults um, adults complicate things because when you're a kiddo, you know, someone asks, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you'll be like, oh, you know, I want to be uh, a WWF, now WWE wrestler. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a firefighter. And, um, you know, if we knew what podcasting was back, then, I'm going to be a podcast. Like, you'll just say all this stuff without, like, well, oh, I'm going to go to college and then I'm going to do this. And kids just say what they want but I think that's the real powerful piece that we've got to lean back into our young selves of like, what was I talking about when I was like six and I didn't know anything, but like, I knew it was going to be a thing. Cause like, that's what it was. I was going to grow up and, you know, run a Barbie company or whatever. Um, it, it, but like that it's really simple, but I think leaning back into our young selves of like, I'm just going to show up and we're just going to do this and run the world. Yes. Uh, but I think that's really cool because, right now in an ever-changing world, like podcasting didn't exist, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, I certainly wasn't aware of it, but like whatever our young people or even our adults alike are really wanting, even if it's like way out there in the imagination, it can be true because A, things just happen and work out if you're faithful in it, but B, our world is changing so fast and opportunities are being born every single day that didn't exist, you know, five, six, 10 years ago. so while I think that can be really overwhelming, it's also really exciting for particularly for people like us that are out there and just kind of doing it and believing like, here's what I want. I don't even know if it's a thing yet. It's happening. And like opportunities happening. Yes. Um, outside, outside of this book and as a main tool set, is there anything else you do to keep yourself on point and constantly evolving?
1: Um, you know, for me, I basically, I give myself permission to go down a path or not go down a path. Like for me, sometimes like, I'll, I'll work on myself more. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm not really doing anything today. and doesn't matter because I'm at that point where I'm just comfortable in my own skin. Although this kind of like does go within the confines of the book. I do have a habit every day where me and a close friend of mine, every single day we record a message of what we're grateful for to our iPhones and we text it to each other. And the reason I bring that up is because there's a social pressure there. You don't want to let your friend down. So because I don't want to let my friend down, I'm basically, no matter what I do, I'm forced to experience gratitude throughout the day, just telling him all the things that are going on in my life. And I repeat myself so many times, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm, I'm not worried about boring him. He's not worried about boring me. And we also give each other things to have commentary. So if he sends the message first, I'll not only talk about what I'm grateful for, but I'll be excited about his results and things going on in his life. So... I give myself permission to kind of follow a thread if I want to, but I also make sure that I'm feeling gratitude through that social pressure. Because for me, it's all about strategy. How can you strategically put yourself in the place where success is inevitable and failure is impossible? And you do that in any which way you can, understanding human nature and understanding yourself.
0: I love it. And you just brought up a really good question that, I, that I've got to ask. I think it's really important to be intentional and work on yourself and take care of yourself, become complete as one and to acknowledge how important it is to have really phenomenal, again, varsity humans around you. When you were you know, writing this book and kind of going through your own transformation, was there a point where you had to let go of some people in your world and in your life um, because you were evolving and it was just kind of, you were evolving away from some people in your world?
1: Um, not when I was writing the book, but throughout my life. And certainly I understood that when I was going to push the book in a certain way and I was going to put it out there, I accepted the fact that some people are probably going to think I was weird and I just didn't care. Like, listen, if you can't be happy for me and you can't be on board with me doing this, where I'm actually hopefully impacting the world in a positive way, I just don't have time for you. And by the way, if you still want to be my friend later on, that's cool. I'm not going to hold a grudge. But I, I did have this attitude, like if no one wants to be in my space while I'm doing this, Since I'm not hurting anybody, since I'm not intentionally hurting somebody, anything, and this is to anyone listening, anything you want is perfectly valid if you're not intentionally hurting someone. So if someone wasn't on board, I kind of had this attitude and I still have this attitude of, I don't need you, I don't care. It's like, you know, I got to do this. It's just the way it is.
0: That's amazing. And I think that is so critical for people, myself included. This is something I have to remind myself of because in some space, uh, you know, I don't care But then on the flip side. I am a people pleaser in some capacity, like, and it shows up in different ways, but to lean back in. And I I think a lot of people digest that in American culture as selfish or you should be kind or this and that, like, I think it is okay. And it's an excellent mindful practice practice. To know, like, is this serving me? No. And you can let it go. And that's okay. Just like yes. you said, as so long as you're not hurting somebody, let it go. And, and I think uh, the second you let go of something, the next right thing does come in. And that's a little bit of that faith piece. It was, is there an example of that where, you know, you had to like mindfully like, okay, I'm letting go of this. And then, you know, a day, a year, what have you, a new job, something came in and you're like, oh, there it is.
1: Well, it's actually, it's kind of funny. There's sometimes where I'll make content and there are certain cynical people that used to be in my life where I think to myself, oh, if I put this out there and they see it, because I'm a a recovering people pleaser also, (laughs) oh my God, they'll think it's so stupid. So then often I'll ramp it up. And by the way, when that happens, my result is the content becomes phenomenal. And I'm like, I'm so glad that I kind of like spitefully in the face of their perceived judgment, which they weren't even judging me. I'm like, no, I'm doing this. I'm going full tilt. So it's for me when I, like fly in the face of any kind of judgment that might be there that's when the results are really great for me
0: that's awesome I I haven't heard I've asked that question in some capacity I think a couple times I think that's a phenomenal answer to kind of like think about what those the haters will say and then just kind of jam it further um
1: (laughs) that's that
0: that's going to resonate with my family they're going to be like oh yeah because we're athletes and competitors so it's not just winning want to win by 50 points um but okay, we're, we're down to our last minute. We can go on so many things. I love the multitude of angles you have uh, from obviously the law of attracting, be mindful what you want, but then the health implications, the science side, the woo side. I love that you're encompassing all these things. I can't wait myself to dig into the book and then put some of these things into practice. Um, any final notes you want to leave us with um, regarding the book, life advice, anything you want?
1: Um, I would just say like, you know, give, give yourself permission to, to do this or not do it as, as long as it resonates with you. And if I may, I'll, you know, I'll give people the link to the, to the book if they want to check it out. Of course.
0: Um, you can
1: just up. go what to uh, to last That'll take you to the Amazon and audible listing. And if you don't want to pull out your wallet, go to youtube.com slash Andrew cap and consume my content for free. And all I would say is, you know, try, whether it's my thing or something else, pick one thing that you can really stick to for a month and just enjoy. That doesn't feel like a chore. chore. Um, like a chore, It feels like a choice enjoy it, see what happens. And then from there, you will be amazed at like, how things improve. And then you'll have the experience and you can move on from there and either stick with that method or just do something new, but you'll still improve your life.
0: Boom. I love it. Uh, any Instagram handles or Facebook handles you want to share?
1: I mean, people could hit uh, Andrew Cap Insta if they want to do Instagram, but for the most part, like YouTube is my most like prominent social media right now. You could find like most of my content or most interesting stuff there. I'll, I even throw a little humor into the videos. So hopefully people will like them.
0: I love it. I love it. All right. We're getting summons back in. I appreciate this conversation. I have full faith that this happened for a reason. And uh, I really hope this isn't the last time we connect. I would, I would love to maybe check back in and see where things are in a year and, and see what uh, we both have drawn in and attracted and where, where the world is at um, a chunk of time from now.
1: That would be phenomenal. Kristen, thanks so much for having me. You are, I mean, it goes without saying you are an awesome host. I really enjoyed this conversation. And I'm jealous of all your listeners who've had all these episodes with you so far because you're amazing.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. I hope they're listening. Take note, everyone. He said so. Uh, (laughs) But no, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time and energy. And um, like I said, I I look forward to seeing where the process moves uh, forward. And I'm so glad we have humans like you in our world because this is what we need right now. And um, it really makes a difference. So I appreciate the time and energy.
1: Thank you. Feeling is more than mutual. All right.
0: We'll chat to you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.